The following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. So glad you're here to worship with us this morning. We, uh, if you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be reading this morning from Colossians 1, verses uh, 9 through 14. Colossians 1, 9 through 14. All right, let's uh, begin by reading God's Word, uh, if you'll follow as I read. And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience, with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, prayer is probably one of the most powerful resources that God has given us, and oftentimes it's one of the most neglected. <laughs> um, and I'm really uh, thankful that here this morning. I'm thankful we can worship together. You, you probably, most of you don't realize this, but last week on I think it was Wednesday, uh, we got a message saying that the power would be in the morning till noon, and that there would be no electricity. And that's kind of a crisis moment, because everything is electricity. And it's like, oh man, what are we going to do? So uh, <laughs> I was kind of in panic mode. And uh, it's just not simple. During COVID, when there were 50 of us meeting, we could move to other places. Now it's and vastly more complicated. And praying um, and and seeking God and powers on prayer. Amen. And God has uh, He invites us to pray and ask Him for things. And in fact, He not only invites us, but He actually commands us to uh, depend on Him, our, our faith in dependence. And so uh, it should be a, a serious and important part of our walk with Christ and life with Him. Um, but... but what, what, what do we pray for? What can we pray for? And how does it, how should it or can it work in our life? Uh, what should we be praying for? Uh, James tells us over in James chapter 4 that he says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Right? So uh, there's a right thing to pray for and there's a wrong thing to pray for. And uh, to be effective and powerful in prayer, we need to make sure that we are praying for the right thing. What, what do we ask God for? What should we be praying for? Um, uh, I think often, and this is from me, maybe this is not you, but for me, oftentimes I find myself praying for God to change my outward circumstances. Right? 
when I'm in a difficult or painful thing, challenging, things are not going the way I want, uh, I often find myself very motivated to pray at those times, right, when we're sick and we need healing or we're injured uh, or we have a backache, right? Uh, we, we pray. Uh, we pray when our, when our finances aren't enough and we pray for God to provide for us in our financial need, right? Uh, we find ourselves in the midst of uh, broken relationships and we, so we pray for God to fix those relationships, and uh, uh, or we pray for God to fix some other problem that we're in the midst of. And certainly, we should pray for those things. Okay, God definitely invites us to pray to meet our needs, to for healing, uh, for one. Look at those are really only needs, right? Is that all we need? Is uh, the changing of our outward circumstances, good health and money, and good relationships, and, and hey, we're good. Right? Because it's just what happens. Like, this is what happens in my life. I go to God to pray, and I, I got food, I'm healthy, and I'm, I'm doing okay with people. And I'm like, well, God, I don't know what to pray for. Right? I don't know what, what's left to pray for. Well, um, I, I think when we look at, at Paul's prayer, uh, we realize that, that there's a whole other area that we can be praying for ourselves and for others. Um, and, and I think uh, as we look at Paul's prayer, it's a good reminder that the things we pray for uh, become a kind of mirror that reveals to us the things we are most concerned about. Right? That's, that's usually what happens. We pray when we're really concerned about something, when there's a problem we can't overcome. Right? So prayer really becomes a mirror or reflection of what... Uh, what, what we are most concerned about, what we think about the most, what we care about the most. Um, and, and the question really comes not only are we praying for the right things, but really are we ultimately concerned about the right things, the big things? Right? If we evaluated our prayer instead of the scripture like Paul here, how do the things that we are concerned about measure up against the things that Paul and others are concerned about in scripture? Uh, is he only looking at uh, the outward circumstances of the Colossians? Or is he focused on other things? Well, let's uh, look at this passage and see. And we will find here that Paul basically prays for the Colossians for three things. All right, so we're going to break those down and look at the three things that Paul prays for the Colossians. It says, and so from this day we, uh, and so from the day we heard, and he's referring back to their faith and love and their their faith in Christ and their love for the saints. So if you know, if you were here last week, a uh, co-worker of Paul planted this church in Colossae, and Paul is now in prison, probably in Rome, and Epaphras comes to visit Paul, actually ends up imprisoned with him somehow, and um, he gives a report of their faith in Christ and their love for the saints in this church that's been planted. And so Paul says, from the day he heard uh, of this, these fellow saints, he started praying for them. He says, like that, but he doesn't stop praying. He is, there's, a, there's a level of urgency and intensity about Paul's prayer for them. Right? He's praying urgently for them, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And so it's clear that for this, in, in the book, Paul's just not writing this quaint little prayer 
that he wants them to cross-stitch and embroider on something and put on their wall. That's just a nice thing, right? And he said, look, this is what I am praying for you constantly since the day I heard of your faith. I haven't stopped praying for this for you. And so it's, it's a big deal. And, and what he's praying for, the first thing, is for uh, the right understanding, for knowledge, for an understanding or, uh, to be filled, as he says, with the knowledge of God's will. Right? The right understanding of what God wants, what his purpose is, and how we are to live. That's what that means. Right? God's will. Uh, we often think about God's will, and I think probably most of us, uh, do most of you want to know God's will? Right? Do we want to know God's will? Well, it kind of depends, right? <laughs> if, if God's will, I don't know what it is. If his will does not match my will, not so interested. Um, so praying for God's will is actually... Uh, it is a commitment, right? It is a commitment to desire to go with God's plan. And when we think about praying for God's will, my experience, and I have people often come to me and they, they pray, Lord, or Tim, will you help me? I want to know God's will. And oftentimes it's, it's related to major life decisions. Like this is the only times God, God really has a will, is when we have some major life decision. And God, we, we have the sense that God has some plan, and so we want to choose following God's will. And that's, that's a good thing. That is important. Uh, so maybe where to go to college, or where to live and work, or what kind of career to pursue, what kind of work to be engaged in. Certainly, you know, if we were Christians when we were dating, we were probably praying for God to reveal his will concerning the person we would marry, like, is this the right person? Is, this the, is it your will for us to get married? And when? And when to have children? And do we buy this house or that house or this car or that car? Right? We've made your life decisions, and we, we think that's, that's what it means to pray for God's will. And, and certainly, uh, I think God does care about those things, and certainly he, he will lead us in these important decisions. Uh, but that's not really what Paul's praying here when he says... I'm praying that you be filled with the knowledge of, of God's will so that you will know what house to buy. <laughs> That's not what he says here. Okay? Uh, so that you all make sure you get lined up with the right life partner when you get married. No, that is not what he says here. And uh, uh, God's will is ultimately his heart and purpose. Right? God's will is what he wants, what he desires. Uh, the difference between his will and our will is we may desire uh, many things, but we don't always get what we desire, right? But when God desires something, it becomes a purpose for God that in his sovereignty he will carry out. Right? So God doesn't like, well, I, gee, I hope they don't mess up. Right? Sovereign, and while he gives us freedom to mess up our own lives, in the big picture, he is sovereign. And his, his will will be done, right? And so God gets what he wants. He gets his desires. Uh, but uh, he wants to reveal his heart, his, his desires to us. Uh, and as these unfold as his purpose and plan in the world and in the universe and in our life. Right? He wants us in uh, on his plan. Right? Uh, and to know God's will is to really to understand his heart and his purpose in the world. Uh, and what God's grand and overarching purpose is for your life. Right? And believe it or not, his great grand design and over arching purpose doesn't really boil down to what house you live in or what career you have or even where you live, right? Um, 
His greatest purpose and concern is, is about what kind of person you are. Okay, let me say that again. God's great and grand design, his purpose, his will for your life, is primarily focused on what kind of person you are and how you live your life, not so much where you live your life. All right, so you can be salt and light anywhere. Uh, the focus is being salt and light, not, not where you live, right? And again, not that God doesn't lead, not that he doesn't call and direct us, but his bigger purpose is who you are as a person, what kind of person you are. And this is about everyday life, right? It matters what kind of person you are from the time you get up until you go to bed. And so God's will is primarily concerned with those things. And so when Paul prays here that they would be filled with the knowledge of God's will, he's talking how how they are as human beings in the world as they interact with the world and with people around them. But that's his concern. Uh, and he says that, uh, that, uh, that they would be filled, not that you go out and fill yourselves, but that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Right? So uh, not only is he praying they would know how to live their life according to God's great, great design and purpose, but also uh, that, that this knowledge would come to them, that they would be filled, right? That it would be given and granted to them as a gift. Uh, uh, if a cup is being filled, uh, the cup is not going to the kitchen faucet and turning it on and filling itself up, right? No, somebody is filling it. Somebody is doing that filling work. And that's the picture here. Uh, being filled with the knowledge of God's will is not something we do uh, on our own. Right? It's not, he's not saying here, I pray that you would pursue the knowledge of God's will. He says, no, I pray that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will, um, with this wisdom and understanding. Uh, what is wisdom? Well, uh, it, it is spiritual wisdom and understanding. Uh, we'll get to the spiritual part in a minute. But wisdom in Scripture is not a matter of intelligence or insight. Now, uh, especially for those of you who are students, you know, like I prayed a lot, God, make me way smarter than I am. One of my favorite prayers was that God would create knowledge ex nihilo, which means something out of nothing. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.